Incredible edibles start with Loran. Professional bakery emulsions, super strength flavors, and candy mixes from Loran make it easier than ever to create your own delicious edible experience. Bite Me listeners in the contiguous 48 receive 15% off their order at loranoils.com. Just enter Bite Me 15 at checkout. For listeners outside the 48, email customercare at loranoils.com for a list of distributors and retailers near you and tell them Marge sent you. In this episode, we're going to use infused mayonnaise to make a creamy and delicious salad dressing that you can make in a matter of minutes. Welcome to Bite Me, the show about edibles, where I help you take control of your high life. And I'm your host, Marge. And I just want to say thank you for listening. I'm glad you're here and I hope you're learning something as we go along. Did you have a chance to listen to last week's episode? I did these kind of a little bit out of order because uh, I did the mayonnaise-based episode couple weeks ago but then I really wanted to get the one out for the grow guide where I had the fellows from the high on homegrown podcast join me for some questions on starting an outdoor grow for anyone who might be interested in doing that this year because they may be considering growing your own weeds so that you can have it for making edibles or for smoking or whatever the case might be but having your own supply getting high on your own supply is always fantastic. It's always going to be a lot more cost effective than having to go to a dispensary and buy it or even buying it on the legacy market. If you're buying it there too, it can get pretty pricey if you're having to buy nice flour to make edibles with. I typically tend to lean more towards using trim, but that's also because I have access to it because I have grown my own in the past. And that really makes a big difference cost-wise when it comes to making your own edibles. However, even if you're buying it on the legacy market or wherever you're getting access to it, it's probably still less expensive to make your own than to buy them in the store, even though it is fun to buy them in the store sometimes too, just so you can compare with uh, what's out on the market. And there's a lot of great edibles coming out in the market. Um, all the time. And I really have noticed working in the dispensary that there is a huge interest in the cannabis beverages category as well. And I'll certainly be looking at uh, making infused beverages at home as the warm weather continues to as the warm weather continues to come. I mean, we're uh, it's April here where I am and it's bright and sunny out, but it's still pretty still pretty frosty. It's I think only 4 degrees out today, 4 degrees Celsius, so that's not too warm, but this summer is coming and there's so many great beverages that we'll be looking at. And I did pick up a book recently. And of course, I don't have it in front of me. Cannabis on cannabis beverages. I really wish I had it in front of me right now and I don't. It's in the other room. But we'll probably be looking at some of the items from that book. I'll link to it in the show notes so you can have it. She just came out with this book. And she did also publish The Ultimate Guide to CBD a few years ago as well, which I picked up. Another fabulous book with beautiful photographs in it. Lots of great recipes. And I think this new book of hers is going to be just as fantastic. There's plenty of beverages in there for those who want uh beautifully crafted alcoholic cocktails, people who want beautiful drinks that are alcohol free. There's ones that are hot drinks and cold drinks and and the like. And I think it's going to be a wonderful addition to your bookshelf if you happen to pick that one up. I'm pretty excited about it. I've already read through most of it. And there's definitely lots of sticky notes on things that I'm going to be making for the podcast and also for myself because I really do love making edibles and I'm making them all the time. And sometimes a beautifully crafted cocktail, whether it's uh, a virgin or not, 
is a really nice way to sort of finish off a meal or as a digestif, or just a really nice way to get in some THC or CBD into your diet in a pretty simple way that's also elegant. And again, it's Cannabis Cocktails. I couldn't help myself. I had to go get the book. It was ridiculous that I was butchering the name. Even though now that I have it in my hand, it's pretty... It's a pretty simple title. It's Cannabis Drinks, Secrets to Crafting CBD and THC Beverages at Home by Jamie Evans. And like I said, I will link to this in the show notes. It's got lots of great recipes in it. And it's got a few infusion things that I'm going to be trying as well and sharing with you too, because there's a couple of methods that I haven't tried before. And I'm, I always love learning new things. Now, if you already happen to have the Cannabis Cocktails, Mocktails and Tonics book by Warren Bobro, this would be a nice companion to that. If you're someone like myself who loves cookbooks, I probably have far too many, but I am a little more discerning about the ones that I pick up these days just because I want beautiful cookbooks in my home. And this one definitely fits the bill, but it was just interesting because the Cannabis Cocktails, Mocktails and Tonics book written by Warren Bobro, another fantastic book on infused beverages, but he is featured in Jamie Evans's book as well as being the cocktail whisperer. And Warren has been making cocktails for decades. He's an expert mixologist for sure. So I'll link to both those books in the show notes because I think they're both great to have on your shelf if you're at all interested in making this type of thing. If you're not into beverages, then no sweat. These books probably aren't the ones that you're going to be reaching for. But if you're at all interested and with summer coming, sometimes a really nice, cool beverage looks great. I have to admit there is, I think it was like a spicy margarita recipe that really piqued my interest. And I do like spicy things. So this really appealed to me. And of course, the photography in this book makes everything looks so drinkable. You just you just end up wanting to make everything. So that's my book recommendation. Like I said, we'll probably be exploring some of the recipes from this book at some point um, as the weather gets better. But on another note, the pâté de fruits that I tried out that I had to remake turned out lovely. I followed the directions as they were supposed to be followed, that I, which I didn't do the first time when I made the recipe. And they turned out lovely this time. And Jenny Fields from Pastry Chef Online even commented on the post on my website saying that she loved the idea of infusing pâté de fruits. And in that episode, I did link to Jenny's website. It wasn't her recipe that I used for the pâté de fruits, but she has a website that has a lot of information for home chefs who are wanting to get into some of the candy making. And you might find some value in searching some of her tips and tricks over on her website. I love that her tagline is fearless in the kitchen because I really feel like sometimes we are a little afraid of doing certain things in the kitchen, but once you get a certain comfort level just by being in the kitchen and, and puttering around and doing things and trying different things, you really do start to get a real feel for for how things you get, you get more comfortable. It's true. You get more comfortable. You get a feel for how things are going and it's you're less afraid to make mistakes because at the end of the day, for the most part, mistakes usually aren't too, aren't too serious. Um, I mean, having said that, I have never given anybody food poisoning, if, which I'm very proud of. So, you know, there are certain precautions you need to take when you're doing things. One of the things I always recommend is having a, f like just a food thermometer in your kitchen, which is a note to self. I need to replace the batteries in mine, but that way you're never going to serve undercooked chicken and the like, which is one of the things that can get you into trouble, of course. So 
check out her website. I'll link to it again in the show notes as well, because if you're interested in candy making, then that would be another great resource from a pastry chef professional. Now, this week's recipe is a creamy salad dressing because uh, we recently made a an infused mayonnaise. And really that started because we were trying out a technique called weed washing. And the weed washing is a technique that you can use to remove all the chlorophyll, the green taste, everything from the cannabis before you use it in something like a mayonnaise. So you've washed your weed, you've infused your oil, you've made the mayonnaise, and you might be thinking, okay, I've got this jar of mayonnaise in the fridge, what do I do with it now? And of course, one of the great things you can do with it is make mayonnaise-based recipes. And the one thing I really liked about this one that I found online is mayonnaise-based dressings can be really tasty and can really make a pretty boring salad into something truly fantastic. And you know, might also help encourage other people who aren't big vegetable eaters to, you know, indulge in a salad that they might not otherwise be that excited about. Of course, you can make any of these recipes uninfused if you choose, but if you're living in a household like I am, where I don't have to worry about young kids anymore, you know, I can, you know, have at it, of course. But this creamy salad salad dressing is one of the things you can do with the mayonnaise that you have in your fridge. So, The one thing that really caught my attention with this is that they say right in the title online, it's ready in two. And we're talking two minutes, not two hours. So of course, if you're busy, this is a perfect type of recipe to use that mayonnaise for. And essentially, all you need is a half a cup of mayonnaise, as it says right in the recipe, the real stuff. You need a half teaspoon of raw honey. You need a teaspoon of Dijon mustard, a quarter cup a quarter juice of a lime. Actually, so it might not be that much. It says a couple of squeezes of lime, so it's not a quarter cup, actually, probably. You can always adjust it to taste, of course. A quarter teaspoon of garlic powder, salt to taste, and two tablespoons of either chopped cilantro or chopped parsley. And I also happen to think that there's a lot of other herbs and spices that would probably lend itself quite nicely to this particular dressing as well. So don't just feel like you're limited to the chopped cilantro or parsley. I use cilantro for this one because that's what I happen to have on hand in the in the fridge. Um, but again, other herbs would probably work really nicely as well. And you can always experiment. Um, it doesn't make a huge batch, which is also kind of nice. Although from the recipe website, if I recall it had a th- one of those toggles that you could press or tap or click or what have you that would allow you to easily um, make larger batches. So that's a nice little feature of the website. And with summer coming, you might want to keep this recipe on hand too, because if you have access to a lot of fresh herbs or you're gr- growing some herbs on a deck or on a patio or a porch or balcony or whatever, then you might have access to some really nice fresh herbs that would, you know, you can throw this together in two minutes. And essentially, all you're going to do is blend all the ingredients except for the fresh herbs, and you blend it in a blender for a couple of minutes. Fortunately, this is the type of recipe where you don't need a high-powered blender. Probably any blender will do quite nicely. And then at the end, you add the chopped cilantro or parsley or whatever you're using, and you mix it, and that's it. So after you put it in the blender, you can take it out and then you're just going to mix in the chopped cilantro parsley yourself, give it a good mix and then enjoy. 
Um, she does suggest, I say she, cause I think I, if I recall, again, I don't have it in front of me. I'm so unprepared, um, that she, she liked this also, this particular dressing on fish or chicken. And I imagine both of those would be really nice. So, um, that could be something interesting. If you do try this recipe out and you find you use it on something other than what's, you know, a salad or chicken or fish, or you add something, you know, you try it with something different, let me know. I would love to hear it and share it with the audience. Now, this episode has a bonus recipe as well, because after the mayonnaise episode came out, I got a message from Corey from Oregon. Hi, Corey, for listening to this. And he mentioned how much he loved making his own mayonnaise and how life-changing it was. But I won't say too much. However, he did have a wonderful recipe to share for making spicy mayonnaise. So if you have made that mayonnaise and you want something else to do with it besides an easy two-minute salad dressing, uh, spicy mayonnaise might be what you're looking for. And far be it for me to presume that that I can explain it better than he can. I believe uh, when I was chatting with Corey before, he is a chef that works in kitchens and a bud tender, so well-versed in cannabis, and his knows his way around the kitchen. But he sent me the recipe for fantastic spicy mayonnaise, and it's wonderful. I can confirm. I think you'll enjoy it. But I'll leave it to him to explain to you because he does it really well. You will find the episode, or sorry, the recipe in the show notes. So if you're walking or driving or whatever the case might be, and you don't have a pen and paper handy, you can easily find it over there. And thanks again, Corey, for sharing this with with everyone because everyone's going to benefit from this. And while the spicy mayonnaise recipe on the, that was linked in the mayonnaise website or episode is good. This one takes it a little further and it is fantastic. And for what, and also sugar-free. So that's also nice. And, you know, a lot of people really have this misconception that mayonnaise is not healthy for you. And a lot of times it's not. Commercial mayonnaises can be quite unhealthy because there's all kinds of preservatives and and things in them that might be things you're trying to avoid. They have surprising amounts of sugar in them sometimes and other ingredients that you might not want. And homemade mayonnaise is so easy to make and so it's so easy to make. And it's really at its core an oil, like olive oil and eggs with a few other little things sprinkled in there just to keep it, uh, you know, mixed, emulsified and all that kind of thing. So it's really not that bad for you. And we all know that there's mayonnaise, or sorry, we all know that olive oil is really good for you. It's quite healthy for you. So mayonnaise doesn't have to be as bad for you as you think it is, and which makes a mayonnaise-based salad dressing or a spicy mayo uh, a pretty decently healthy alternative to what you might find on the grocery store shelves. So give it a shot. Here's Corey uh, talking about his spicy mayonnaise recipe as he likes to make it. And I think you'll really enjoy this. Hey, Marge. It's Corey again from Eugene, Oregon. I loved the mayo episode. That was awesome. Uh, I learned how to make it a few years ago at a restaurant, and I swear my whole life changed. <laughs> um, I wanted to share my own spicy mayo recipe. It's been a big hit as a dipping sauce for things like uh, nuggets or you know little appetizers. Uh, it's also been something that people like to use in wraps, like if you're doing a spring roll or what have you, and you need like just a little bit of sauce on top of it. It's a fuse. It, this makes a lot, by the way. This is going to end up with like almost 
I don't know, a gallon of mayo because it starts with four eggs. So feel free to cut it as you see fit. But here's the standard measurements that I use in the kitchens where I work. Four whole eggs, the juice of two limes, one third of a cup of soy sauce or tamari. And I like to have two to three quarts of oil around. We use soybean. I really appreciate your reference on canola oil. I recently found out it was originally used as an industrial lubricant. So why put that in our bodies? Um, The things that make this mayo spicy would be a clove of garlic, a quarter cup each of sambal chili garlic sauce, and sriracha, and then a tablespoon each of sesame oil and Old Bay, because they got that secret blend of spices. So that's it for this week, my friends. I do believe I've lots more exciting stuff coming up. As always, always thinking about new edibles to make. And I do have some, I'm lining up some guests as well. I'm pretty excited about some of the ones I have coming up. I'm always excited. I just feel like, I don't know, edibles are great, aren't they? They get me excited. I love creating in the kitchen new and interesting ways to get high. So if you're following along, there'll be lots more coming. And in any case, if you want to message me with a recipe of your own, or you have a um, feedback or suggestions or anything that you'd like to see, please let me know. And sometimes it can take a while to work them into the show, but I do my best. I hope you're all staying healthy and you're all making great edibles. And until next week, stay high, my friends.